Hello and welcome to Horrible Friends Condensed Spoop, a smaller, shorter version of our normal show where we talk about new horror movies, review those horror movies, and talk about anything related to the horror genre. I'm Chris, and today I'm joined with Jarvis and Mike John. How's it going, boys? I'm back, baby. How are you, bud? I am also here. Doing good. All right, so I've brought you guys here for another fun mystery topic where I know what's going on and you two don't have a single fucking clue. I think you really like holding this power. <laughs> I think that's what this is. I really do. You know, it's 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 for the, the, the minimal power I have in our main show where I kind of sit quietly and then just jerk off Mike Flanagan movies that we do. And... Um, or jerk off to Mike Flanagan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. To... Jerking off to Mike Flanagan, jerking off to... Yeah, 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 yeah. Jerking off to Mike Flanagan. Who made you feel powerless as a child, Chris? <laughs> what... We'll get there later. Yeah, we'll get there later. later. Yeah. Okay, what, that's fine. What that's year fine. did we meet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit! Uh, oh man. Um, so today it is horror related, but it's this is mainly going to be improv, and you two kind of competing in a little game I've made. Um. I'll have four, maybe four to five, six rounds, depending on, you know, how quickly we get through this. And I'm going to give points here and there for it. Just think, kind of just try and think of it as whose line. The points don't matter, but if you want to win, they matter a little bit. Hmm. Okay. This game, you guys are basically going to create your own little horror story for me. Oh. And each of my little rounds is going to be a different aspect of that nothing too broad you know we do want to keep this you know simple but i think we're gonna have some fun with it so uh you guys are we talking like our movie or are we talking just like overall like campfire story so yeah i it's whatever you want it to be later on i do have if we if we go if we go a little too fast i do have some uh prompts that are basically phrased like if it was a movie like what would you do for this but it's yeah if you just wanted to like describe it as a campfire story as a movie you know budget indie horror movie big blockbuster horror movie whatever so this is us in like the writer's chair this isn't necessarily us in the scenario of the horror. yeah essentially it is the writer you are the writer of this all right so now before we so we're gonna get started so our first one, so before I give you any of the other prompts, this is mainly also for me to kind of decide who's going to go first, and I'm going to probably award bonus points for this. But before we go f- any further, I'm going to need each of you to give me the title of your story. Freezer Fetus. What did he say? Oh. <laughs> all, right, all right, I'm going to, did you say uh, freeze or fetus? Freezer. Or freezer? Oh, freezer. Fetus. Freezer fetus. Okay. All right. Let me write that down. All right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Like John, buddy, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I I'm already like at like a loss because I yeah, was not no, anticipating you're... freezer fucking fetus. Yeah. All yeah. right. Um, you know who else isn't America? Yeah. No one's ready. No one's. <laughs> but for my feature length film, they better get. Oh, ready. what have I created? <laughs> what have I? What power have I given you? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that tagline. Oh, what have I created? Oh my god. All right, Mike. I'll give you, give you, give you a few more seconds to really think about yours. 
The only thing that's come to mind is... Because, like, the story you make might not really end up having anything to do okay. with what your title is. I'm trying to go into my backlog of, like, shelled things that I came up with. Um, I'm thinking terror, colon, or who is Maximilian Pierce? Terror, colon, who is, or, or who is yeah. Maximilian yeah. Okay. Let's just go all in. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say colon or? <laughs> yeah. Who is Maximilian? I... <laughs> now, now, I I haven't been in an English class in some time. Um, <laughs> but I'm not sure you can do that. <laughs> Hey, oh, man. you say crazy shit when you're put on the spot. I yeah, no yeah. terror. <laughs> or who is Maxim Mil- Million Squints? But you see, in the poster, it's going to be a colon with a little bit of like white out over the top of the colon, so it looks like a comma jizz. again. That's yeah, jizz. Yeah, that's good. All right, um, those are those are some great titles, guys. Wow. Yeah, I'm already regretting. Welcome to our TED Talk on responsible storytelling, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go ahead and assign some points so far for this. That was close, um, but I'm going to go with uh, the winner so far, at least of the title, is unfortunately, sorry, Mike, but it's going to go to Jarvis. Cha-ching! So the first prompt for both of you, so uh, this does give Mike a little bit more time uh, to ponder his. So for your first prompt, I want you to describe your your killer or your main antagonist of the story, whether it's, you know, serial killer, like slash like Michael Myers or Ghostface, or if it's some kind of monster, whatever. Like just quick little brief description of your 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 monster here. Or your well, I'm I'm I might be assuming monster since it's freezer fetus, but let me not assume. You are you are the mastermind writer here. It would be fair to assume that there would be a monster involved, Chris, but as we have found through several, several recordings of our show, Horrible Friends, we find that the monster is all too often man. <laughs> and in this case, that is true. Uh, for my antagonist is, is a mother, a stay-at-home mother, uh, who is deeply, deeply troubled. Uh, within a conservative household of a man who works far too, far too often and far too much uh, for a government agency, um, so he has to have a lot of conservative values. And unfortunately, um, her schizophrenia and bipolar disorder does not bode well with that. The interesting thing is also that she's had lots and lots and lots of miscarriages, which is a real shame. And it affects a lot of women. What differentiates her from those women is that she likes to save them and put them in her freezer. And the schizophrenia plays into the fact that those children are still very much alive in her head and she gives them names and characteristics and all the while in her fantasy world it plays out like an early nickelodeon game show very similar to slime time live all right that is a fantastic description um i feel like my theater degree is like going down the drain right now. That's, <laughs> that's pretty great <laughs> Ooh, all right. Oh, man. Yeah. All right, I'm, uh, I will uh, wait to assign points um, 
need to, I need to hear both before I do that. So, all right, Mike. So go ahead and uh, describe your killer monster. You know, whatever. My killer is the titular colon Max Pierce. He is a Mr. Scratch, um, kind of Randall Flagg type character. He's a high school aged uh, schoolboy, very uh, foppish kind of kid. Uh, but his whole thing is he's incredibly influential and he's known by everybody when they see him. But when the second people turn away from him or go out their life, they forget him. And he resents that and he uses that influence to get people to do what he wants to do. So he's very big on pushing the social cycle of the school to make certain things happen. Um, he gets very, he's very big about causing chaos. Um, ultimately, he wants to tear everything down around him and then move on to the next location. So a drifter. Yeah, <laughs> a drifter. <laughs> a drifter or some sort of like otherworldly ethereal being okay. that just likes to take the world by storm. Go somewhere, set up shop, tear everything down, go to the next place. Interesting. What's his timeline? Like, what's his glide path? You know, like, uh, like his end goal, or like what? No, like, what are his hard dates? You know, like two thousand <laughs> years. You know, and then I get the presidency. Three thousand. <laughs> they're probably on to me. So then I, you know, yeah. detonate the Earth's core. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he has such high ambitions. I think he's just about bringing everything down to ground level. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I like that. Yeah, it's sort good. of. Just, yeah, it scorched the earth. As yeah, it yeah. Scorched the earth. Devilish. He loves. He loves the chaos. He loves seeing bringing the worst out of other people. Loves uh, rotting relationships from the center out. So, what is his end game and everything? I, I'm a big fan of the as a, as a person who like you know loves deep and complicated stories. I do love when a character can be unapologetically one-dimensional like i think mm -hmm. of like certain characters from stephen king novels like one of my favorite villains of, of all time is randall flag from the stand yeah like that's kind of the the yeah the, the feeling I'm, I'm getting from that individual and that's i love that character and i love mm -hmm. that you know stephen king wrote him as just being fucking evil like he doesn't have a reason for doing it and i think sometimes it's interesting to have a character who you don't understand their motives they're just there to watch the world burn, you know, that's like your Michael Myers or, you know, mm -hmm. stretch out genres, you know, your Joker in a sense. So with Randall Flagg, I mean, he built that parallel based on, uh, you know, the, uh, I mean, I forget what chapter and verse, but like uh, essentially what the Bible said that, you know, there would be a man who would be universally loved by all and that would be Satan. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's how he was able to plant Randall Flagg. So I'm in, so I'm curious you know, kind of like how your guy is able to infiltrate. Yeah, I mean, just coming off the top of my head about it, I, it's a very surface level because I, I really made him his influence, his superpower, that he's able to manipulate people. So I think I would have to definitely expand on it, uh, probably make adjustments to it. But I, I, I like the idea of, a, of taking that kind of power and bringing it down into like a John Williams film and seeing... Not John Williams, uh, John Hughes, John Hughes film. And just seeing what a char character like that could do to that setting. I like that, yeah. 
Oh, that was really good. Um, okay. You know, Jarvis, you, you had me. You had me in the first half. I'm not going to lie, but... <laughs> but... Whew. All right. Um, Sometimes those panic answers are, are the good ones. Yeah. Um, that was good. Uh, so from, from this point on, I'm, I'm just going to do swap who goes next so like jarvis got to go first with that category and then we're just going to kind of go you guys will just kind of swap back and forth all right um so i don't know if i want to know this for jarvis's or frankly i don't even know if i want to know this for either viewers but so you described your killer and or you know monster or evil being to me so now like give me a just a small description of like your protagonist your you know your final girl or you know the screen your scream queen scream king whoever like who is you know, the main character of your story besides the actual monster or killer. I think with a character like that, you need someone who's going to start out very jarring and then have that path to um, catharsis to character change. So I would think my protagonist would have to be your typical, like, um, incel like he has he's gonna have to start off as being like very jarring someone that you're not gonna get behind who's like an outcast and resents being an outcast and at his like lowest moment like something happens to him like maybe like a carry style prank something that pushes him to the fringe and makes him resentful max pierce shows up and is kind of like hey i can get you where you want to be and then now this is like his renfield and he's kind of like doing all the things that max tells him to do and he's becoming like um an upstanding citizen in the school but he's also now being told to do certain things and he's starting to see the influence max is having on other people and he doesn't like it and he takes that makes that conscious decision to be better than that and fight against max by like by by your third act all right that's good i like that i mean first you said insult i thought oh my god we found the perfect role for jarvis to audition for. <laughs> I mean, I would probably be there too, trying to steal the part from him. But due to my instinct, I think it's way... lazy. <laughs> I think it's lazy. You know, when an actor goes for a role that they're already far too accustomed to. You know, yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I, I may pass on. So, that what role. so what you're saying is neither me or you are really going to get that part. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably it's probably best for Mark Wahlberg to really step in. Like, you know, he 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 tried to do it as a science teacher, but let's. He really needs to branch out. Like all the bitches that Marky Mark must have slapped over the years. If the money's right, money, money, honey. We'll hey, see. Have you heard Andrew Tate? <laughs> Say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> all right, Mike, that was that was good. I'm dropping Thank you. some points here. All right, uh, Jarvis, give me your give give me the uh, protagonist of uh, Freezer Fetus. What I find interesting, um, which is like a stark comparison between, you know, modern and kind of the classic horror of old is that there's usually a ve very much a yin and a yang for old horror, whereas the newer horror are, are, you know, 2010s and above, they typically go with something very, very dark and just it's it's difficult to to draw kind of like the differentiation between the protagonist and antagonist the more we go along in modern day horror. So um where I have my protagonist, uh, everything is going to be kept very deep, deeply rooted into the household. And the only time we're ever going to really abscond from there will be when we kind of take a dip inside our antagonist's mind. But our protagonist will be Catherine, her daughter. Her only 
living child um, who is who's a deeply scarred little girl because the unfortunate aspect is that her father, who's deeply, deeply conservative and works far too much and would much rather just pill her, uh, pill his wife up <clears throat> and uh, I, I think is dismissive of the idea of the lack of parental guidance that his daughter's receiving and frankly the abuse that she's receiving as as a result from her mother so while she is uh our antagonist or i'm sorry protagonist in that she is the good in the story um the, the journey will not necessarily focus on her uh probably more so her anguish um catherine will be in the scenes physically however we can't really consider them protagonists or antagonists so clearly defined will be the projections of her other children um foremost would be timothy and jackson fetus is one and six um so those those will be um the projections within her mind where she goes on her little adventures which will also mirror uh, the, the current situations that are physically taking place within the household. Um, but again, it will be uh, very close in resemblance to Double Dare 2000. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty set on that. But uh, while, while Catherine may be uh, involved in her and uh, these hallucinations, uh, Timothy and Jackson will be driving the narrative forward with our protagonist, the mother. So would you say they're probably going to go for the physical challenge? Really glad you asked that. <laughs> but we're not there yet. Okay, yeah, we're not there yet. Um, oh, that was good. That was really good. What is the tone you're uh, going so, for? All right, so I'm, actually, I'm, nope, nope, stop there. Oh, no, no. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Cause... Yeah, so that rolls us into kind of uh, my next one. Um, uh, I originally, well... So I quickly adjusted for this because I was going to kind of ask for kind of like setting or location, but you both kind of touched on that already. So, you know, I'm not going to have you guys repeat yourselves for that. Um, so I quickly adjusted. So, yeah, I want to I want to understand the tone of each of yours. So, uh, Mike, you're going to go first on this one, bud. OK, um, I, I this is actually now getting excited because like the juices are actually flowing with this. But um, I really love. 80s aesthetic and i love uh like i you know i love things like fear street or stranger things what they do that but i always felt like they never went like far enough with it like i want like real like 80s aesthetic like i want like something where it's filmed on film it's converted to vhs and they run it through the vcr a couple of times so it has like that real faded look to it like i want this to be like you want that like nice grainy feel grainy to it. little feel to it yeah okay um like i I would want this movie to be like a John Hughes film from hell. It's his characters and his archetypes, but you're throwing a sociopathic monster into the mix. So basically breakfast club, but breakfast club, but Satan is also there. All right. I like it. I, I would watch that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. All right. I like that. Ooh. All right. Like some of that neon text for the mm -hmm. credits, you know? Yeah. Like a lot of synth. I'm a sucker for some good neon text. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got me on that one. Ooh, that's good. Ooh, that's really good. Obviously, it's going to be set in the 80s, you know? Yeah. It has to be with that kind of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And then you can like fall into those archetypes. You can have a lot of the characters like are just like, like a Molly Ringwald type or a Bender type. 
Whew, that's good. All right, so uh, Jarvis, how are you going to compete with that one? Oh, with my best effort, of course, Christopher. Oh, that's all I ever want, buddy. So tonally, right? Uh, tonally, I, I I love the '80s bit, um, but we're we're going very modern. Um, and and as and as difficult as it is for me to watch a lot of these modern horror movies, um, I'm, I'm going to name a few that tonally, if anyone has heard, that will help kind of bridge. Uh, I think where the you know my mind's divide would be. Um, so, Speak No Evil is a foreign film uh, that has gotten a lot of that has garnered a lot of praise in recent days, as well as Soft and Quiet. While these are horror movies, they're dealing with very, very real themes: uh, racism, human trafficking. So, tonally, I, I want it to have something very, very dark. We're looking for grim. We're looking for dread. Now. On the flip side, right, now we contrast that with the brightness, right? We're talking neon lights, we're talking green slime, we're talking fun, we're talking noise, we're talking, you know, a lot of a lot of action and movement. But what that is, is what that setting is, I know as silly as it sounds, you might think it's a joke, but it's not. It's my mechanism to install the gore and the macabre, the imagery there, right? So we're talking like goo and blood and just absolute mayhem uh, it will be will be wrapped into the imagery. And this will, again, contrast kind of the, the goings on of what's actually taking place in the household. So it'll be really easy to kind of make a bridge between like whatever our protagonist is dealing with because her mother is in this manic state. Um, and then the audience will be able to see kind of where her mind is. And that's the fun... I won't say fun, the more disturbing, gory imagery, um, but then tonally will shift back into reality. And it's this grim, horrifying uh, life, life scenario that our dear Catherine will be undergoing at the hands of her mother. That's wild. No, I was thinking like, because at first I thought this was like a, like a grindhouse, like Rocky Horror shock treatment style film, but it's really like, it's up there. It's, it's giving me kind of like um, infomercial uh requiem for a dream vibes now a little bit yeah yeah it's like like very like i can see like the like the uh, the dream like element of it like how like out there it is visually definitely very dreamy the aesthetic that i would be going for is you know uh, obviously the, the the dark in in the household to symbolize where the family is but also where she is in her you know mental state and how it affects the family but you know kind of the joy that she feels um against that contrast of like just the absolutely disturbing elements that our characters will be undergoing at her hand. I, I think will play out really fun. Um, there's plenty of like vivarium kind of color schemes, uh, the kind of, the kind of surprise gore, the kind of shock value that, you know, say uh, the movie men or cabin fever, you know, that, that level of uh, disturbia is what we'd be shooting for. I like it. Honestly, when I, you were first saying of like, you know, the you know the gore and the goop of it but so i was basically picturing like you know modern or like modern day horror but with a lot of like gremlin style goop is what i was starting to picture yeah yeah it's not not wouldn't be far off there's something about green slime man i don't know it's just i i think it's because i never grew up is that it's just like i love it i think it play it'll play beautifully and then contrast that with some really really gory red blood just dripping from a countertop we're shooting back and forth. Really hoping a lot of people are like, you know, going for the double dare and taking that physical challenge. Like if that's yeah. what's, so that's a, a lot of this 
story is going to be. It's really making this tough. I'm like, because <laughs> I'm trying to like listen to both of you before I give points to either of you. And all I'll say is it's been very close so far. Really? Like you, you both are doing a really good job. I'm like enamored by Jarvis's because I just want to like get to your head about like the aesthetic of this thing. Cause like I, I'm a sucker for a good like color palette with this kind of shit. So I don't know. Like you're, I'm really like into like I'm hooked on this. Ooh, you're like hooked on phonics, man. <laughs> well, I don't know the, the, that colon. Yeah, that colon, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's Can I change the title? It's important to think of the colon. It, you well, know, I'm the, thinking if I change it to terror colon, terror colon, just not not yeah. the actual like you know symbol of colon, colon just actual spelled out colon. Terror terror colon. Who is Max Pierce? Terror colon? Yeah, well, who is Max Pierce? <laughs> I may have to make a few changes to the script at that point, but it gets True. me out of yeah. like... We are in the age of constant rewrites and reshoots, so you know... Is there a flatulent aspect? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Terror colon. Which I... He has Terror to colon. give the report like in front of class, but he's not ready. I'm just trying to get myself out of this like grammar hole oh, I dug myself man. into. He knows how to clear a room. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. All right. So before we get to the final one, I'm going to push in my uh, my last two extra ones I had because you guys are I'm having a lot of fun with this. And I can tell you guys are really enjoying it. So uh, this does harken to uh, Mike. You asked me earlier about if this would be just like a story or a movie. So for some of these, you can pick and choose. But I want to know who would play your killer or your main antagonist or your protagonist. You know, if you want to cast both of them, that's fine. If you just want to pick one of them, go for it. And also, who would direct this movie? Uh, so who went first? Last? Mike John went first last time. So Jarvis, it's you. I like the idea of this being a very indie kind of thing. Um, while there are plenty of actors and directors that could come to mind, I think that, especially with the narrative a lot of a lot of the newer age horror, um, take, for instance, Smile. Uh, the recent film that came out that was that was an unknown director um, with a largely unknown cast. Uh, in fact, the bigger names were kind of ancillary characters. So, if I were to choose anyone, while I I, I don't believe I, I I would be able to give you a name for director. Obviously, there are plenty of directors who could hit this out of the park. Um, James Wan comes to mind. That's a good uh, one. Fidi Alvarez. There's there's plenty, but. I, I don't have one that fits this narrative. Um, I think the same is largely true for my antagonist. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily have a have a face that comes to mind when I think of who can play this kind of really sad, depressing character. I don't want this person to be beautiful. I want it to have a similar feel as like Human Centipede 2 almost, right? When you look at this person, as much as you see like the character and you're almost as disturbed by her mannerisms and her characteristics as you are about like the grim storyline. Um, so while I don't have a person yet in mind, uh, I'm going to take the L on this one. Cause I, I got nothing. I really, I, I really have nothing. All right. But you know what? I respect that. So, you know, I, I am, I am taking that into account for your points, but you know, but you know, that that's a good answer. Um, uh, towards the end, I will tell you who I, uh, immediately had in mind for your antagonist, but I'm going to keep that to myself for now. I'm all ears. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to hear it. All right, so uh, Mike, let me hear what you got. So, um, 
when I envision like the character of like Max Pierce, I think of him as being like kind of like wiry but very charismatic. Um, but there's like that like tinge of like mania behind his eyes. Um, someone that comes to mind like currently that I could think of is like someone like Timothy Chalamet because I just think of Chalamet because I think of the the hair, his crazy hair. I think of like some of the cooler, um, more charismatic characters he's played in the past. But I also think about like that manic presence he has in the Wonka film for whatever, however good quality it is, his, his presence is definitely known in that film, at least um, for my incel character. Um, I think he's a little too old now, but because I can't think of anybody presently, I would cast like a younger, like Paul Dano in that role. I think, I think that he would do well with that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now, uh, do you have a director in mind? Um, because I when I think this film, I think this is a film that's about, you know, tone and the uh, like a lot of like there's a certain color palette to this film and the way it has to look and the way that it has to be edited. I think um, David Fincher would be like the guy I would pick for this. The way he did, you know, a film like Seven and Fight Club that that very gritty, you know, using the actual film stock itself to tell the story is a big part of this film to me. And I think that he would be the right guy to tell that story. I really like the idea of Paul Dano. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think it's because think of, of him and the power dynamic. I think it's because of Riddler. I think that's why. So, I mean, he's been interesting long before he took that role. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I do. I love, uh, there will be blood. Oh yeah. He has a really, exactly. Yeah. He has a really unassuming presence about him, but he can yeah. lay it on when he needs to. So I, I think, I, he's fantastic. Just so, so I don't say the wrong thing. He was like in like a bunch of high school. He was like a nerd in a bunch of high school style films. Like I think of um, the girl next door. Wasn't he was in that film, right? Uh, yes. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah really? he was. Was he one of the friends? Yeah, he was one of the friends yeah. in the girl next door. Yeah, that was the image I had initially. And I think especially seeing him play the fucking Riddler, like he can play a character who's like, on the verge of a total like meltdown. Yeah. Yeah. He can be unhinged. Yeah. I, I remember him. I think, I think a, a, a more apt comparison would be uh, him in his role in little miss sunshine. Oh yeah. You know, where he, where he's driven by like a singular goal, but then it's kind of ripped yeah. away from him and he's yeah. able to completely, to completely unhinge. And then it's, you know, he can have a redemptive arc and qualities. He, he, he can really do it all. I'm, I'm very fond of his work. Well, that was good. All right, so now that we're done that portion, uh, before we go to our last one, I will quickly say, so for you, Jarvis, who I immediately kind of pictured as your antagonist, uh, mainly because of her performance in Hereditary, was uh, Toni Collette. So I see where you would where you would think that. I think she's even too beautiful. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. I, I, I want someone who is who is truly not aesthetically pleasing. And, and I mean, the wonders of Hollywood could, could do that for just about anyone. I mean... It, it takes a lot to play and look like Eileen Wuornos, but, you know, Hollywood made it happen. I mean, with a film like this, I feel like you want someone who's not to be, like, rude, but, like, naturally ugly. Like, has, yes. like you want someone who's going to be very jarring. Yeah, I, I, I don't want I, I don't want gorgeous features. Yeah. I, I want something in that it's a very conservative household, ugly husband, you know, middle America, uh, you know. I, I I want this to feel real. Mm -hmm. I want this. I want this to create, you know, semblance of like someone who can, someone watching this will think of their aunt or someone like that. So Steve 
Buscemi. <laughs> uh, I, hold on. Hold on. Um, not him. <laughs> Who played the dad, the, the serial killer? Like, kind of like one of the, the main antagonists in Trick or Treat. The oh, yeah. Oh, um, oh, hold on. That's, that's, I don't know, I, so I if I had to put anyone in that, as the husband that's where i'm going yeah you want that like middle american um like suburban dad look i want a comb over of a balding yeah. scalp dylan baker you know what i mean dylan baker mm-hmm. that's that's where i'm that's where i'm seeing that all right and uh before we move on also i also thought of a director that could probably work for both of your movies mainly for you both kind of mentioning like a dark tone but also very colorful uh jarvis if you remember we did enjoy this director uh for a lovely film we really enjoyed for our show uh mandy uh mm. panos yeah. cosmatos. cosmatos yeah yes yeah that that yep. like 80s album cover look yeah definitely oh that's a, such a good aesthetic yeah <sighs> you might yeah that's why i waited until you're both done to, to you know I think honestly, I think that's probably as close aesthetically as I could as mm-hmm. I could come up with. Yeah, because that's immediately who jumped to mind for yours uh, when you were when I uh, posed the question or thought about it as you were describing your story. Um, all right, so we're now we're gonna jump right into the the final one, and this one can be pretty quick. Um, I just want to know how your story ends, and so I believe uh, Mike John, you are first for this one. I think with this story, it's got to be a thing where Paul Dano's character has been put to his end. He's he has like a, some sort of moment of catharsis in like the in the third act where he realizes everything is not the way he wants it to be. He and he has to like make a stand. It's kind of like that moment where he becomes a man and is ready to like fight this demon, this thing that he doesn't need anymore that is setting him down the wrong path. And I think something bad has to be happening that Max is planning to bring down the school. It's either going to be like a massive riot or something that's some form of like ultra violence. Like an insurrection kind of thing, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, uh, this is um, honestly, I'm, I'm pulling from notes from my head. This was based off of an idea I had about doing like an animal farm style adaptation about, but it was going to be a high school for the French Revolution. So that's where Maximilian Pierce came from because it's Maximilian Robespierre. Okay. Um, so it would have to be one of those things where this riot is going and there's mass chaos and the whole school is in disarray and the Paul Dano character finds his voice and is able to get the kids to rebel against Max and they'll take him out in some sort of crazy brutal fashion or he'll end up dying in like a fire that burns down the school and just brings the whole school to ash but every the, the people the the core characters are able to walk away with something new from this it's almost like phoenix from the ashes but i want this film this film has to end with a the cycle continues kind of motion so i'm thinking max is stuck in the building it burns down we see the characters have like this like moment together and then they they move on and it's going to fade to a principal talking to somebody. You don't see who it is. And she's welcoming him into the school and it's going to turn around and you're going to see it's Max again. And he's alive and he's just starting over again somewhere else. And it's just going to cut the black and we can play teenagers by my chemical romance, you know, as the credits roll. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. 
I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing ties a movie together like a really good outro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This see, like, what's your name? I'm Max Pierce. Did I just scare the living shit out of me? <laughs> oh, all right. So, all right. I'm going to wait, wait until here, Jarvis, is to think of the points for that one. Um, all right, Jarvis, what do you got for me? How does your story end? How does the freezer empty? Well, <laughs> that's where things get complicated. Um, that will, that will, that portion will certainly uh, feed in, uh, pun intended, uh, uh-huh. without giving too much away, to the third act. Um, however, I can't envision a scenario that Catherine lives through this movie. The macabre, the dread, the grim that I'm going for is is one that does not circumvent the children uh from their inevitable death so what i'm what i'm looking at here is you know i'm, I'm trying to find the why and the, the only thing i can i can think of with this and i have actually you know i i'm not sure if this is something that you've pondered time and time again mike but if not you've been at a slight disadvantage because this is this is one that i've been brewing in the old dome piece for a while so but i i've yet to be able to have a conversation with myself that ended with this being resolved amenably for all characters. So the mechanism that I've come up with at this point is that Catherine will be killed as the result of her mother wanting to bring her into this fantasy where her brothers are are constantly encouraging her. Like, you know, we want our sister. Um, and, and, and of course the daughter resents her, right? She's not a parent to her. And she is a, in, in a lot of ways, living this fantasy life of a young woman, the way that her daughter should be. And yet her daughter is living this depressing, dark life that is, it, it, it's kind of, it's kind of like the other way around. Everything is, is flip-flop, but either way, uh, the mother would like to bring her in to this fantasy world. And so she's killed. And then the projection of her that manifests itself in her head rejects the mother as well and uh so it, it, I, I want it to to i want it to end in a very stale not stale but certainly unresolved no i get you i see what you're saying Ooh, that's good yeah like a like a bitter open-ended ending kind of thing i want it to be a very sour taste yeah like it's like it's been in the back of the freezer way too long <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it won't be fresh no but I bet the Rotten Tomato score for your film would be fresh. Goddamn right. All right. You know, this was good, guys. This there was a lot more thought into these than I really expected. Um, wow. Uh, so while listening to both of you, I was sitting here and, and, and tabulating the points with my, you know, it's it a lot of a lot of hard work here. Uh, for the listeners at home, don't see like my scribbled uh, notes here of jotting down notes for each of you and scoring it. Um, like the antagonist in, in my story, I, I like to think that you think you're creating a lot of like responsible charts and graphs. Yeah, in, in my mind, you know, this is in this in my mind, this is a beautiful line of... pivot table. Yeah. It's everything's highlighted, coded, tabulated out, 
That was a good idea, LOL. Yes. Underlined twice. Thank you for this Ooh, wonderful story. He had a story. good point there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, I got to say, this was very close. Very close. Um, I like to, uh, I'd like to say you both shattered my expectations. Like, I expected someone to just kind of go with kind of like your typical slasher and like, oh, and it's Halloween night and... You know, Freddy Dickfingers is out there looking for you. I may or may not have assumed this would have been Jarvis's story, but... I have. I have those stories, too, Chris. (laughs) Would you like to start over? I have those, too. We can save that for another time. Uh, I'll at least say, uh, for the categories that each of you kind of did, like, win, like, Jarvis won the title, you know, as we know. Um, I think, Mike, you definitely got the more points for... Uh, the actors and directors, you know, drivers, you did kind of suffer on that one because, you know, you didn't have anybody. But I also get why, because of how you described your story and how you would want it to be told. You're not expecting some kind of big name director to come out for it. And you're not expecting this well-known actor or actress to be a part of it. The alternative is that I play all the roles. Yeah. Which, which <laughs> including ba- uh, Fetus 1 and 6. No, including the frozen fetuses. Yeah, I meant to ask what happened to uh, two through five, but I think I get, are they still in the freezer? All I can say is that they are far too close to some microwavable items okay. in that freezer. <laughs> you might get you 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 might be reaching for hot pockets, but instead, you know, you're grabbing Samantha, the little, little Samantha in the ice cube tray nearby. I'm just saying, <laughs> a, a, a good freezer fetus is about chicken nugget size. <laughs> All right. Well, I will say it. So it came down to a point difference. One point. One point. And okay. the winner of the first uh, little condensed spoop improv game is Jarvis. Hey! Thank you. Thank you. Jarvis, you finished with 25 points. And Ooh. Mike, you had 24. It was close. Wow. It was close. Uh, it, it it pretty it came down to the ending, and and um, uh, Jarvis Jarvis really got me with the just pretty much a dark, ambiguous ending. Yeah, like I did like yours. Like I think like I gave you I gave you four points for yours, but was Jarvis... it the copyright infringement? Is that <laughs> no, <took> no. <laughs> No, I was like, that's a solid. You were deducted. Yeah. It was deducted. I was like, that's a it solid four. I, I like the idea because you mentioned like, you know, he's this guy's kind of jumping from existence to, you know, uh, like another kind of universe kind of thing. So like he can just he just pops up somewhere else and he's doing his whole shtick again. So I yeah. did like that. Um, so I, but I only gave it a four because it didn't woo me, but I liked it. But. There was no way I would, you know, freezer fetus is going to end on a high note. And I will. He 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 gave me the ending I felt that story deserved. So yeah, he got full five points. I mean, I like. I it's 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 a hell of a thing to lose to because it's something where you telling it, I can see the sets and I can see everything that you had planned out. Like it's definitely something that I think would be of this era of filmmaking for sure. This is something that like. A24 would put out or I don't know about Blumhouse but it would be something like of that level <laughs> yeah. it's like definitely an elevated horror uh thing I mean I it, I can I can see it as you were telling it 
for sure. A24, man, is, is definitely kind of like my flavor of choice yeah. as of late. Kind of just that that dark, potentially ambiguous ending, mm-hmm. right? But like resolution is never guaranteed. Yeah. Wait, uh, you kind of walk which out. Which is sometimes empty. more satisfying. Empty, uh, uh, you know, unloved. Yeah, yeah. empty. The freezer. Like you need a hug. The freezer's still full, but you're empty. I never That's walked right. out of one of those movies feeling like, I think I can take on the day now. Like, no. You know? no. <laughs> no. Wow. I'm in such a great yeah. mood. It's like the opposite, like going to see Rocky, where you feel like you could fight anybody. <laughs> you just kind of want to curl up in a ball. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but hey, I, I really enjoyed yours as well, my thank friend. Thank you. Thank you. So. Yeah, we, we may have to collab one of these days. Unfortunately, Absolutely. Chris, you won't be able to publish this episode because uh, everyone has to sign a uh, uh, non-disclosure. This is true. Pending, um, pending the, yeah. the completion. Of so this. Th- this actual recording is just going to be one long beep. Oh, good. And then at the it's just going to be, you know, a 45 to 50 minute just beep. And then at the end, I'll say, and Jarvis, thank you for that rousing story. Beautiful. Well done. You know, well, that's thanks for everyone for stopping by. I'm just saying, if I, I love see it. six months from now your name as a writer's credit on Terra Colon, <laughs> yes, yes. Terra Colon, man, man. <laughs> that has potential. Uh, I it may have room in my in my twisted little universe. Yeah. Well, Terra Colon. <laughs> see, this is why I was as soon as this idea popped in my head, I knew it was going to be fun with the two of you. Yeah, because I, I, I as much as I part of me expected a lot of just like silly dumb jokes i know how much jarvis loves horror and mike i know how good you are at writing stories and just not the, the grammar apparently <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave yeah. that to the smart yeah that's to the smart guy yeah the editor does that no nah, i i loved it I, I as i was telling this i was like coming up with other ideas that i'm just gonna like tuck away for like yeah no emergency. I'll tuck tuck it tuck, tuck it right in yeah. um so jarvis you won tuck it back, yeah, tuck, it. Tuck it back. <laughs> you know maybe get a skin no suit style. you know dance around put some lip balm on uh, <laughs> <laughs> um all right so uh so for our audience since jarvis won uh the next time we do one of these little mystery improv games uh you know he will be the one uh facilitating uh i'll still be the host but he gets to you know be the one to set the rules and give the points so jarvis congratulations and looking forward to whatever the fuck you come up with yeah you guys are in a lot of trouble (laughs) as i was calculating the points towards the end i was just kind of like oh fuck i was like how quick can i quickly just cross out and say that actually his story was complete shit (laughs) I was like, I can't, I can't. So we wouldn't be using the same prompt next time. It'd be something completely new. No, no. I'd like to, I mean, we can always revisit this prompt, but later, like later down the road. I already know what you guys are going to be doing. I like that. I I like that. Okay. (laughs) I like that. Oh yeah, that's right. Because I told you beforehand uh, about if you won, you could set up the mystery topic. But I I would like to revisit this. Oh no, you just had it. You just had one ready. Just knew I'd win. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you, <laughs> just that confident. You had, you had me shitting bricks, Chris, because I thought one of your questions was going to be, "What is our tagline going to be?" And I was like <laughs> freaking out because I couldn't think of shit. Uh, I wish I thought of that ahead of time, but I, I wanted to keep the I wanted to keep the topics, you know, simple. 
I wanted it, as much as I figured we would have fun with it. I wanted it to be serious. Yeah, not not no, too was, serious, but this was definitely great. This was a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for uh, coming around. We're gonna close this out. Uh, like to thank uh, Andrew Cavanaugh for our music, Connor McLeod for our artwork. You can see uh, all the information in the description. Follow us on all of our socials. That should all be linked in the description as well. And uh, you know. Jarvis, what do you have to say to all the uh, freezer fetuses out there? Thanks for stopping by for a hot cup of spoop. I'm so